Wednesday, lots of sunshine, our high right around 95 degrees. I'm meteorologist Sally Russell on 101.1 The Way. Solid Bible teaching and music of inspiration. This is The Way 101.1. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Threats and promises are one thing, but could 6,000 drones be prophetic? San Francisco serves as a cautionary tale about what happens when you reject law and order. And lawlessness also abounds in Kensington, but we're not talking about the palace in England. Of course, this is leading to a lot of fear, but should the Christian fear? Let's find out if the end is near as we explore the signs of the times. Our weekly look at Bible prophecies we find in the world's news for Friday, August 18th, 2023. Now, one thing you don't need to worry about is what insurance is right for you. Because our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, will help you sort it all out. For a personalized, no-obligation quote, you can contact them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. Now, you can listen to or watch this show again. You can share previous episodes with your friends, read the articles we discuss, or ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question you might be worrying about by hitting us up at thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, or you can do the same on the Way Media app. And now, here to remind us that ignoring the facts doesn't change the facts is Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark, I have a question for you. I'm ready. Where do killer whales go when their teeth hurt? Where do killer whales go? I don't know where. The orchidontist. Ah, okay. All right. That's great. I thought that was good. No, that is good. That is good. At least I, I laughed I, at the time that I heard it. Yeah, no, that is cute. And, that I, is said, cute. and I said... That's going to make it on the show. Yes. And clearly, now I have regret. No, that's okay. No. no. <laughs> I mean, technically, you only go to the orthodontist to straighten your teeth, not if they're hurting. So that's true. There's the, there's the, um, that's true. You know, be, being the, um, yeah. uh, you know, that you, you being the analyzer, I should, yes, I, I need to refine right. that joke and make it more accurate. Yes, that's right. Yes. That's right. So, but no, it was a good joke. It was okay. a good joke. So, way to go, Greg. Okay. Well, that's the only thing, <laughs> that's the only thing funny that we have to talk about today because the rest of the stuff is, uh, is, uh, well, it's, it's, um, it's sad on one respect. Our hope is that today's articles and God's word is an encouragement to you that what God tells us in his word is true yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really is amazing to watch what's happening. We have a lot of news that's going on and just watching the Bible unfold. You know, again, I just I watch this stuff, Greg, and it's you, we have to make sure we don't get used to it because it's happening rapidly, but it's not God's timetable for now. Right. You know, we have to wait till God moves, but it, but it's like, wow, stuff is happening. So yeah. very exciting. So let's get going. Let's do it. Let's do it. No uh, Israel articles today, but we do have a couple of articles from the category that we refer to as Ezekiel 38 and 39. Yes. Two Bible chapters in the Old Testament that are so prophetically important, they get their own segment on this program. The first one is from Israel 365 News. The title of this article is Iran's 400-second hypersonic threat and a 300-year-old prophecy. That almost sounds like a riddle. It kind of does. It kind of does. I, I looked at it more of just, you know, the, the rather than the 300-year-old prophecy, just this hypersonic threat. Very interesting. Let me read some yeah. of the article and talk about it. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, in June, the IRNA, the official news agency for the Islamic Republic of Iran, reported that the regime has unveiled its first domestically made hypersonic ballistic missile. Let me just, I'm going to comment as I go through this. Here's yeah. the bottom line. They do not have the technology to do a hypersonic ballistic missile. Now, it may be domestically made, but I guarantee you it was with Russia. In Iran, Russia's work. This shows the, the Greg the the connection between Russia, the unison, yeah, yes, the and we talk about them working together and uh, you know eventually coming together in Ezekiel and their attack on Israel. But if Russia was not there in Iran working with them on this, they could never do this. They don't have the technology to do this. There's no way in the world America doesn't even have this yet. So let me go on. The report. Replete with photos of the Fatah conqueror, medium-range ballistic missile, raised concerns among Western powers. According to Iran, its high maneuverability and speed allow it to defeat all missile defense systems. Uh, it can, and I quote, it can bypass the most advanced anti-ballistic missile, missile systems of the United States and the Zionist regime, including uh, Israel's Iron Dome, Iran's state TV said. Now, again, you, you have the conventional defense systems on the border, Iron Dome, Patriot Missile, et cetera, et cetera. Iron, Iron Dome is better than Patriot Missile. But either way, they're saying you can't stop it because of the sheer speed. And, Greg, this is something Russia revealed a few years back. They're the first ones to come out with it, where they have this hypersonic missile that goes beyond you know, speed to, to take care of it or whatever. And so um, America doesn't yet have that. We know that um, uh, now, apparently, because of Russia, that Iran does. But look at this. As the claim speeds, um, Fatah could theoretically, or at the claimed speeds, Fatah could theoretically, that is the missile, reach Israeli targets in under seven minutes. A media campaign featured the slogan, 400 seconds to Tel Aviv, appearing in Persian, Hebrew, and Aramaic. <laughs> now, look at this. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant responded to the report, and I quote, I hear our enemies boasting about weapons they are developing, Gallant said. To any such development, we have an even better response. Whether it be on land, in the air, or in the maritime arena, including both defensive and offensive means, uh, that is, we can, we can deal with this. Two weeks after Iran's announcement, Israel's Rafael Defense Company announced that it had developed an interceptor called Skysonic <laughs> designated to down hypersonic missiles. So, again, what they're saying is, look, you may have hypersonic missiles, but we, don't, we now have the technology to take them down, even if you use them. But, Greg, I would say even more than that, God and Michael the Archangel yes. are going to keep those hypersonic missiles from coming into Israel. And if they do, there'll be no damage from them because God's going to make sure of that. So Israel's not in danger of this. But, again, on the earthly level, you have to pay attention attention to it, and you have to be aware of it. Um, again, they're, they're so fast, these hypersonic missiles, that, again, you don't have a system typically that can stop them. But now they're saying they do uh, with Skysonic. But either way, uh, the Lord will stop it. But again, this reminds me of what we talked about Wednesday night, and that is the rod of God, the rods of God that are right now that America has and Israel has. Uh, some, of our, some of our listeners may have heard of this. Some of you may have not. 
But Iran knows that Israel has this technology, and that is there are satellites that have these uh, uh, bays in them that are circling the Earth that have these rods, these giant rods in them that have guidance systems with them. They're not, uh, they have no explosives on them, but they're simply called the rods of God, and they are released over a target, and they're guided to the target, and they explode with the power of a nuclear device. In other words, when they hit, there's no, they literally send out the power and do the destruction of a nuclear detonation, but there's no radiation. There's no fallout. Uh, they, they, they don't do anything other than just the sheer force of, of the blast from, from the impact causes the destruction. Amazing. And, and only two nations have them, America and Israel. And Iran knows that. Uh, Russia knows that. Here's the thing. And if this gives you guys any peace, first of all, a couple of ways, reasons to have peace. The Lord is on the throne. He's not going to let anything happen that he doesn't approve. That's right. But for uh, America and, and uh, Israel, the world knows that even if they were to use these hypersonic missiles, they say, I'm going to shoot something at you that you can't shoot down. Okay, theoretically, could they do that? Yes. But they also have to realize that within, within minutes, they too will be annihilated by the rods of God uh, coming out of the sky. They're, they're launched from orbit. They land, and they, just, they literally are the same. You, you drop 10 of them somewhere, it's like 10 thermonuclear weapons in that whatever area you pick, you wipe into our cities out. Amazing. So, so yeah, it, it, here's the thing. It's still the mutually assured... Destruction. Uh, yes. It's, that's the same thing. Okay, we're going to send these hypersonic missiles. You can't shoot them down. Fine. But we're dropping the rods of God and you're toast. There's nothing, so, so we're all going up in flames together. Now, um, you know, the only ones that really are, are an interesting dilemma here would be um, Iran and, and the Muslim countries because they don't necessarily just want to die. But remember, those that are um, very religious to die is to win. So they get they get to go straight to uh, heaven, they believe, and have yes. their virgins waiting on them and all that. And so um, even at that, there's no guarantee of heaven by Allah in the way they believe, but they, but they have a high percentage chance of, of going straight to <laughs> heaven. They've bettered their odds. Yeah, and, and yeah. so the bottom line is, you know, it's hard to defeat a nation or to threaten a nation that doesn't care if they die, but not everybody's in that mode. Some of them don't want to die. So we live in very in- interesting days, but again, it's exciting times because we realize that mankind has the ability to wipe everything out, but God's not going to let that happen. The Bible tells us that the earth will not be wiped out. God will, uh, he himself will begin to destroy the earth during the great tribulation. And then the Lord will, of course, take us out of here before that and then bring us back for the great, you know, thousand year reign. So again, it's just more of this working with Russia and Iran would be the main thrust. I wanted to kind of give some of the uh, other defense systems going on here in the background with this. But um, the, the bottom line is you're watching Ezekiel 38 and 39 fall more into place with them actually building their ballistic missile systems in each other's territory. Now, Greg, it's interesting. A while back, we shared some of the pictures with the body and talked about it on the radio. They're finding these massive tracks on the bottom of the ocean. Some of them are as much as a mile wide um, of, of actual tracks of some kind of machinery um, you can look it up online. It's 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 there. And, and of course, initially, people came out and s- tried to say, well, those are doctored pictures or those are this. Well, that suddenly grew quiet when they realized, no, these are legit. And the military now in America, some of the military has now released that what they're saying is they haven't told us what it is. But what they're saying is that they have some type of defense system going on on the bottom of the ocean that is much more fearful than our nuclear arsenal. Hmm. Now, I don't know what that could be. Um, maybe it's the fact that they're actually rolling these giant platforms right up to countries under the ocean. So maybe it's still just nuclear weapons, but it's not like a three minute journey. It's a 10 second journey. I don't know. Uh, but what they're saying is it, the comment that one military commander here in America made was this. He said, it, it's not Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il that you should, that you should fear. 
um, and nuclear weapons. He said, it's what's going on at the bottom of the ocean. Hmm. He said, that's what you should fear. And by the way, it brings up another point. This whole release of all this um, UFO stuff that the government's doing. You know, the government's the government and their comp- conspiracy theories. When will they stop? <laughs> but the government's pushing this whole uh, green alien UFO conspiracy theory thing in their congressional meetings. And, and really, the, and, and even, might I say this, Tim Burchett, our representative, he's one of the leaders in this. He's out there on CBS News and all these things saying, look, there are, we have evidence of the aliens. We have evidence of these things. We need to talk about it. So I'm not, and I'm not picking on him. I'm simply saying this is, this is not like some guy's basement with his tin foil hat on. These are our government, leading government officials having hearings in Washington pushing the UFO agenda. Now, why would they do that? I don't know their motive for that. But I do find it interesting, Greg. And, and, and the, the military is not being open about it. They're not just like letting everybody know about what's going on at the bottom of the ocean. These are, uh, this particular information came from a high-ranking commander that's in a Calvary chapel, and he was sharing with one of the pastors. He said, really, what's going on at the bottom of the ocean militarily right now is the biggest threat for the world, whatever that is. But with that said, um, when you see these UFOs, they're calling it something different now. I forget, AP, they're giving a different name now. And they're not calling UFOs. They're, they have a different uh, three letters they're using. And they're saying those three letters, they're using that because it implies they were man-made. And so it's kind of they're presenting them as UFOs, but kind of admitting they're not. Well, when they see these things, they saw one of them that the government released one of the videos. And you may have seen it if you've watched any of those videos. The government released another one here, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And it showed one of these things just dive into the ocean. It was hovered above the water, just went, poof, down the water. And of course, everybody's going, aliens underground. And it's, 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 it's the center of the earth. And it's, it's, it's uh, you know, um, um, hobbits and, and, uh, and Middle <laughs> Earth and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Well, no, it's the U.S. military is what it is. And there's something going on. Uh, at the bottom of the ocean, and they've got these, uh, whatever they're using, we don't know the full technology of what's happening here, but either way, um, it, you know, when you, we have, we only have a small portion of what's really happening in the technology realm that's out there. And that's why it says in the Bible that if the Lord didn't intervene, mm-hmm. no flesh would, would survive. But the comfort that we have is that he Jesus, will intervene. Oh, and, and he's not going <laughs> to let anything happen. The Bible says in Colossians chapter one, yes. that Jesus Christ holds all, all things, things together by his power. And so I know he's going to hold everything together until the church is out of here. And then he's going to begin to release things really in a big way once the great tribulation begins. But I think you're going to see a lot of deception leading up to that. And so stay tuned. We've talked about this before. We will do our best to dispel all of the governmental conspiracy theories that we can uh, on the show, and then we'll kind of lead you guys from there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, MSN.com. Inside the Russian effort to build 6,000 attack drones with, of course, Iran's help. Again, here we go again. Look at these guys working together. And this whole, you know, the drone thing is pretty pretty freaky because uh, of what they can do anymore. But notice what it says. The engineers at... At a once bustling industrial hub deep inside Russia, was bu- uh, uh, were busy planning. The team had been secretly tasked with building a production line that would operate around the clock, churning out self-detonating drones. Now that's a pretty creepy thing. You know, they fly it, GPS right in, boom, it blows up. Uh, weapons that President Vladimir Putin's forces could use to bombard Ukrainian cities, or that anybody could use to bombard anybody. Anybody, yeah. yeah. A retired official of Russia's Federal Security Service was put in charge of security for the program. The passports of highly skilled employees were seized so they could not leave the country. In correspondence and, in correspondence and other documents, engineers used coded language. Note this. Drones were boats. Their explosives were bumpers. Uh, and Iran, the country co- covertly uh, providing technical assistance was Ireland or Belarus. 
Again, this was Russia's billion-dollar yeah. weapons deal with Iran coming to life in November, 500 miles east of Moscow in uh, Tatarstan in the Tatarstan region. Um, it's mm. aim, yeah, and it's interesting. I, I, interesting. It kind of reminds me of Tartarus. Yes, it's right above Tartarus. The yes. center of the earth is located. We, anyway, <laughs> its aim is to domestic, domestically build six thousand drones by summer twenty twenty five, even to reverse the Russian army's chronic shortages of unmanned aerial vehicles or UAVs. There it is, UAVs. UAVs yes. uh, the, to the front line. Uh, if it succeeds, the sprawling new drone factory could help Russia preserve its dwindling supply of precision munitions, thwart Ukraine's effort to retake occupied territory, and dramatically advance Moscow's position in the drone arms race that is remaking modern warfare. So, again, look, a lot of technical info there. So so could could it be UOV for unmanned ocean vehicles for yeah, that previous no, story? it's not that. The three, okay. They have one word they use. I'm not sure if UAV, that, that may be something okay. different. I, I um. Yeah, the unmanned aerial vehicle. There you go. That's that's probably. I think that's that's what they're calling now. A lot of these UFOs are calling them UAVs or oh, something okay. like that. And so, and and they're saying they're using that wording. It's really kind of a a governmental wink behind the scenes, saying we made these things. You know, we're wink, not wink. calling them UFO. They're not really unidentified. They're just um, unmanned. And uh, but the technology, Greg, is amazing. Yes, it is. It really is. And you know, you see those things fly. Have you seen? Have you seen any of the videos? No. They have these these these. They're like metal balls. They just whoom, they zip, and they're just flying. There's no sound. So that's gyroscope. There's no stuff pop- right well. There. It makes me wonder if they've tapped into the uh, magnetic system of the Earth. Think about it. You know how magnets hold each other apart and they propel. You wonder if they're using because the inner core of our magnetism is in the heart of the Earth. And if they're if they're harnessing that, where you can actually around this this circle, they can actually use that magnet system to transport yeah. these things. I don't know, but it's it's pretty amazing. I'm thinking more of a gyroscope. I'm thinking what they've done. It, it, and and again, I don't know how big these balls are. I don't, know, uh, I don't know if I've heard the size of them, actually. I, I, I don't know. But, but again, I go back to Ezekiel, and I go back to the description of the cherubim. Right. And I look at the wheel within a wheel yeah. and, and, and how they can change direction yeah. on a dime. Yeah. And there's but, – but you do – I mean, there's, there's physics involved there yeah. when it comes to gyroscopes that you could do. And if you could do it fast enough, right. if you had the revolutions per minute or whatever right. term they're using, yeah. I, I could see where, the, where from an engineering standpoint, mechanical standpoint, you could make something that could – do that, yeah. Well, and the Book of Revolution may talk about that. I'm oh, not sure. the Book of Revolution, of course. Yes, yes. It, may, it may talk about that. We'll get yes. to that later, but, okay. but we want to stay in the Bible right now. Well, and not the Apocrypha. There you yes. go. <laughs> Where the Book of Revolution is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you're going to yeah. see more of this stuff, and and the bottom line is, look, some of it, Greg, is going to be demonic, and some of it, I think, yes. is going to be true technology, and I think both of it is going to be used to deceive the general public. Well, the first thing that I thought of, and I know that you've talked about this before, or at least you've hypothesized about this before, and I can't remember what chapter it is in Revelation when it talks about um, that God's going to send out something, or something's going to be sent out that's going to torment man. Yeah, it's it's the demonic realm. They're going to sting the, them. Like he compares it to the string sting of scorpions. Yes, the demonic realm will sting mankind for five and, months. Anyway, and so the first thing I thought of were these drones. Yeah, and I know that that, but I'm just thinking. Yeah. so many of them, and and 
drones can come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Right. But I mean, these will be real know, demons. I know. Recalls them. But you know, you could use drone technology in, in some way. That, but these are, these are, you know, the Bible talks about being real literal demons. Le- that are literal be, demons. Okay. Yeah, that are going to be stinging people. So again, people talk about this army that's going to be coming to the 200 million uh, army. Um, they try to talk about that maybe being robots or being these kind of things. But again, the Bible says again. You think it's is, China? The Bible right? says again. It's it's it. They're a part of it. But either way, I th- the demonic realm. Okay. Again, the oh. demonic realm is going to be very involved now. Are these um, invisible demons behind people? Probably. Are they? You know. Again, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And would these be the demons that have? Now been released from the center of the earth. Yes, yes, and there may be others that join them, but we know that the Bible says that the pit of the earth will be opened up, and the demonic realm will come out. And it talks about then steam mm-hmm. in for five months and all that. So yes, it'll be certainly those Greg that have been locked up. Will it only be those? I don't know. Will the others join in? At that point, it says that Satan's going to be throwing everything he can at God and against God's people. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's the rest of the demonic realm because they know they're about to get locked up. Uh, very soon anyway so only time will tell but it's going to get very interesting here uh, very soon yes all right let's uh come back to our country such as it is and let's go to fox business where we see a uh uh, representative uh from the state of california uh kylie kevin kylie saying san francisco crime is so out of control that employees are instructed not to drive to work. It is really almost like Mad Max. Mad in Max beyond Sunday. Now. In some yep. places, Greg, I mean, I was watching a video yep. even before we jump into the article. Yeah. There, there's there's people just walking up to cars and breaking in them in broad daylight now, just down the street. What people is filming, just doing it, going anywhere. And they're going in these massive crowds, going in robbing stores. It's anarchy. It's total anarchy. Yes. Um, that's what it says. Yeah. Representative Kevin Kiley uh, uh, from California took the social media Sunday uh, evening to highlight the incessant crime in San Francisco which he said is the result of failed policies, radical politics, and public corruption. Now, all that's true, but it really links back to turning away from God. That's the bottom line root of all this. And it's forcing residents and employees to literally change how they do business in the city. And I quote, crime in San Francisco is so out of control that employees at the federal building are being told to stay home. Uh, It's interesting. Uh, They said the more federal workers stayed home, the more work they got done. No, I, I made that part up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kylie wrote, I'm, I'm not paying. There's a lot of great okay. federal employee workers. I'm just having fun with the whole stereotype of. Send your letters to. Yes, Greg Hilt. No, anyway, no. Kylie wrote on, on X, former Twitter, citing a memo that the Department of Health and Human Services sent to California leaders on August 4th. And I quote again, if California offers a preview of where our country's headed, and they do, San Francisco offers an even starker warning. The lawmaker continued, this is where failed policies, radical policies, and public corruption are in the most advanced stage and where residents are most rapidly fleeing. According to the California Republican, San Francisco is in total collapse that has resulted in major companies leaving the city. Again, I, it's not just there. L.A. is totally out of control. I mean, literally, people yeah, are, are, are just they're being raped and robbed in broad daylight. They're just they're doing these massive, um, you know, where groups go in and rob stores blind oh, like yeah. locusts. It, it's like horrible. Locusts. It's yes. horrible. And, you know, Greg, we had, I think we mentioned it last week, we had our, I'm sure it's happened before in this area, but our first Weigel's carjacking or where somebody yes, got into a car and that, drove yeah. off. It is, listen, we're living in a different world. And, you know, we could say, you know, look, we've been very protected here in the South. We've had our crime, but we've been very protected. Um, and this is coming to a nation and a city near you. It's in the nation. It's going to be happening more and more. And the Bible talks about it. We talked about Second Timothy in the last days, you know, all these things taking place. You know, it's just it's escalating to a point to where we're, how do you turn this back? 
I don't know that you can at this point, but uh, it's only going to get worse. And, and um, you know, the good news is the Lord's in control, as we said earlier, yeah. and we know that, w- that as believers, God's going to be our protection. You touched on something at the beginning when you said what this really amounts to. Uh, and it just reminds me of um, uh, precepts, commands, uh, testimonies, uh, word and law are all all words used in Psalm 119 repeatedly. But what's interesting in that psalm is the psalmist is, he's using different words to describe God's law, God's commandments. His order, yeah. His order. Yep, yep. But but, But he's talking with reverence, with love, with delight, um, all positive uh, adjectives, if that's the right terminology, yeah. for describing God's word. And all I can think of is the contrast. And again, this is not, um, uh, listen, bad cops withstanding, okay, and corrupt people in law enforcement withstanding. That was just used as a catalyst, I think, in the spiritual battle of things. Yeah. To push for, we don't want law, we want lawlessness, and yeah. that's a hallmark of the enemy. That's yeah. a hallmark of Satan, and those that really like George Soros, who desire anarchy. Yeah. It's to their it, it advantage. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think what we're doing is, and, and again, it, it, a, a lack of uh, love for the law is a lack of love for the Lord. Yeah. Is what you is basically what I'm tying together what you, you're exactly what you right. just said. No, you're exactly right. And it says because of that that the love of many will grow cold as yes. well. And Greg, you watch. You look at what's happening right now at the top levels of our government. Because of that I, lawlessness. Well yeah, but look what even look what's going on in Maui right now. Yeah. Our heart breaks for all these families over there and, and the those that have died and those that have lost everything and all the destruction. And look, I'm not gonna Try to even speculate as to, you know, you know look, the, the power lines and the wind and what caused it and how it happened and all that. But here's my point on that. The most powerful nation in the world, we should have been in there with ships and people. and try, It should be going on right now. Massive rescue effort to help the people that lived and help those rebuild. Instead, we're sending millions of dollars overseas. We're doing, we're doing everything but taking care of our own. And it just shows that there's there's a loss of love for your own people. There's a loss of, of responsibility and doing the right thing. It's just Everybody, yeah. it's every man for himself mm. and the government, the total corruption, you know, at, at some point, you know, God says in his word, you know, how can I not judge a nation such as this? And so we're, we're marching toward judgment. We should be, we should be leading the way. And again, I know there are believers that are sending money over there. They're going themselves. Samaritan purse obviously gets in there right away. So the church is rallying to help them. But Greg, it's but amazing. FEMA? It's amazing to hear how the government has actually even blocked people from getting in and even support. Now they're coming in. People are coming in on their own from the ocean to bring in supplies while our government's sitting back not doing anything. You know, when you read what's happening in Maui, it's very, very uh, disheartening and it's it's very disturbing. It's disgusting. We should be leading the way with massive efforts. Uh, you know, billions instead of going to Ukraine right now, billions should be going into Maui. And get that taken care of first. Then worry about the other things in the world, you know. But uh, I, I think it's just a sign of the times. I think mm-hmm. it's a sign of where we are nationally. Um, and and it just sh- and, and what the shocking thing to me is, Greg, we see all the things that are happening. And rather than people just going nuts and, and demanding the government change, we're kind of just accepting it. We're upset, but we're accepting it. And, and I think we've kind of crossed over uh, an apathy line that I don't know if we if there's ever going to be enough heart to try to come in with enough people to change where our nation is gone. But again, we know it all goes back to the Lord. It's not going to be done politically. 
It all goes back to Christ. But but are we going to even put the effort in into crying out to God in prayer and then stepping forward to see change uh, until the Lord comes back? You know, remember, guys, we signs of the times. What we do, we talk about the fact that the Lord's coming back. We talk about that. But the danger in that is we can't sit back and go, well, he's coming back. Don't worry about it. Just let whatever happens going to happen. No, the Lord said, occupy until I come. That means we need to be about our father's business. And right now, Maui needs our attention and, 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 uh, and our, the nation here needs our attention more than what we're doing outside of our walls. Yeah. For those of you that uh, uh, go to the Way Media app and, and get our uh, podcast episodes there, you'll notice that we reference scripture verses uh, that we attach to each of our episodes. So you can see where we're under, where, where these news stories are being underpinned by scripture. And uh, the big one for us in the articles that we have this week is 2 Timothy chapter 3. And all I could think of when you were describing the government's lack of response or the government's stopping people from coming in and helping. Yeah. All I could think of is in, in there in chapter 3 when it says despisers of good. Yeah, it's shocking what's people going on. People are trying to do something good, yeah. and it's so despised, we're going to stop you. They had, It was sad, even on just the regular media, which is so, you know, right. liberal and all right. that. They had this lady from, from Maui that was on there crying, and they were saying, look, all we're asking, why won't somebody come help us? Why are they pouring all this into Ukraine right now? We're, we're dumping everything into that nation, so fine, but what about us? This is our home. And nobody, you're letting, you're not letting the supplies, you're not letting anybody help us. You're not sending people in. I mean, and to add insult to injury, again, this is not in any way to, a matter of fact, I won't even say where it came from. I'll say our government uh, designated $700 to each family that lost everything to help after this disaster. And they're sending it now. Wow. You talk about, Greg, what greater insult could you have? You've lost everything. Maybe your family, maybe your children died, all your pets Maybe you're the only survivor. You've lost your home, your property. Your, everything has been devastated. And here's a $700 check from the government saying, here, we just want to help out. And we're sending billions I know. to Ukraine and other places. It is, it is like the greatest insult. It is so shocking. It is like, wh- what has happened? We have completely turned away from yeah. God, and hence we've turned away from any kind of compassion and caring in our nation. Our only consolation is at the end of the day, God is going to make things right. And when he makes things right, that rightness or that judgment is going to be for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not the temporary fix. It's like those that have done evil and and done the, you know, worked against the Lord. Right. Will, unless they give their lives to Jesus, are going to suffer for eternity for yeah, this. That's right. And again, I, I there's I take no no joy in that. No. Um, but you think about those that simply um, ignore uh, the fires of the if, earth. I know, but if we don't know that, if we don't understand the the bigger picture here, you know, that's the only thing that really kind of keeps us on the rail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it's amazing, Greg. You know, we we, we ignore the fires of the earth not realizing yeah. that one day we'll face the fires of eternity if we don't repent yep. and do the right thing. And, and I, I, my fear for, you know, um, for those, I, my heart goes out to those that yeah. have suffered greatly in Maui, but it just shows this nation, we should be bringing in so many supplies, so much materials. And again, I'm sure at some point you'll see stuff start going in there, but look, I'm not saying even that the government should issue money to people when disasters That's happen. Not That's not issue. my point. My no. point is, look, if you're going to do it, while you're giving billions and billions and billions to other countries, if you're going to say we want to help rebuild our own country from a disaster like this and the war zone of Maui right now from the fire, the war, that fire just devastation, if you're going to do it, 
Make it something substantial. Give them a break on their mortgage. Give them a break yeah. on their taxes. Do something that's going to help them and not insult them with a $700 check. It's just, it, it really is, it's almost like it was just done just to insult them. And the police doubling down why they didn't sound the sirens? Uh, Greg, there's so many things. There's so I, many. I, anyway, I know we could spend all day I, talking I don't, about I this. I don't know the motives and all that happened. I know this. Oftentimes, incompetence plays a bigger part than you realize. It's not always that people do things on purpose. Sometimes it's sheer incompetence. But whether or not it was sheer incompetence or whether or not some of it was done intentionally or whatever's going on, this was so mismanaged and so mishandled. I think it just shows where we are as a nation. You know, the Bible talks about in Isaiah. The Bible says when a nation falls from God, children will become their leaders. Children and women. And we and, see that a lot. Yes, and women become their warriors. Now, that's not an insult to women. It says women and children will become your leaders. And, and that's not an insult to women or children. That's simply saying that God has called men to be the leaders. And God has called, the, you know, saying that with children, it should be men that are leading. That is, in, in men in a maturity state should be leading. And when you have people that are like children that don't even know how to conduct themselves when it, to an emergency or whatever, you know, I just, Greg, you look at it and go, we have, it's like you, it's like your children, you know, you left them, your house burned down. You tell your kids, you know what? I know, I know you're only three and four, but go get the insurance, <laughs> talk to all the people, get a lawyer, do what needs to be done. Right. And they're going to do the best they can, Yeah. but they just are too incompetent at that age to be able to do it. And I wonder how much of what's happening in Maui, people right now, people are saying, you know, there's a lot of accusations that it's intentional. I don't know, Yeah. but here's what I do know. There's a lot of incompetence and I think it's because we now have a nation being led by those who are like children rather than those that are like adults. It's very sad. Very sad. All right, that is Pastor Mark Kirk, who is helping us make sense of the signs of the times, our weekly take on Bible prophecy in the world's news on WIAM LP Knoxville. We are a weekly radio broadcast that we have tagged as a online podcast, number 275, available through all of your popular podcast outlets. And now... You've got me. We have one question this week, Pastor Mark, and it comes north of the border. This is Ken, who uh, enjoys Signs of the Times in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, And his question is about the rapture. It says, it seems the rapture will be a signless event, not dependent on anything happening in the world. If so, is there a time gap from the rapture of the church until the last seven-year period of Daniel's 70 weeks. What a great question. Great question. No, really is. And, um, you know, uh, uh, let me just make a a blanket statement. Then I want to talk about it for a moment. We really don't know, but I can answer this. Yes, it is possible. It is possible. There's a small time gap because we don't know. So, but let me say this. Um, if it is a time gap, it's going to be a small one. And the reason I say that is, is because we know that, um, there's going to be a, a a major, you know, the, the Bible's broken up into prophetic chunks, if you will, and it's all based on Israel. And God told Daniel uh, there would be 490 prophetic years for the nation of Israel, starting at the time that Nehemiah built the wall, um, and there'd be a uh, and, and until the end. But there's going to be a break. He said there'll be a break in the action. He says when the Messiah is, is put to death, the word is karat when he's uh, put to death. Now there's there was the prophetic time clock stopped, okay. So, uh, but only 483 of those prophetic years were completed at that point. So the Bible says the prophetic time clock stopped at the execution of the Messiah, and now we have what is called that the the mystery of the church age, which has been going for 2,000 years. We don't know how long it's going to go, 
Once the church age is done and the last Gentile has been brought into the church or the last believer has been brought, uh, the time of the Gentiles is finished and the last believer is brought in, then the time clock will start again, which is that final seven years that you're talking, you're making reference uh, to right here, Ken. So could there be a gap? Yes, there could be a gap. But you got to remember, because God broke it up in such a way, when the church is taken out of the rapture, it could be something, yep, silent, boom, we're suddenly gone. Who knows how that's going to be explained away? We don't know. It might even be some of this UFO stuff the government's pushing now could be explained. You know, they might try to use that. But we know that when the time clock starts again for God's completion with Israel, there's only seven years. And we know that time clock is going to start, it would appear, at the Ezekiel 38 and 39 battle there where Iran and Russia and all of them come in. Because when you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, it says that right after this battle, which could be at any time, God's going to pour out his spirit on the nation of Israel and, and, and they're going to believe in Christ. You're going to see nationally, not every Jew, but you're going to see all that are Israel being saved. And Paul ex- describes that in Romans. He says, not all that are called Jews are Israel. Uh, true Israel are those who, who believe, they're believers. But he said, when that happens, God's going to pour his spirit out after that battle takes place on the nation of Israel, which would signify from Scripture it would appear the beginning of that final seven years. So what that means is, I don't think there's really going to be much of a gap between the battle with Russia and Iran and the rapture. Those two are going to be just so closely together. But there could be the rapture and then a small break right before the battle of Russia and Iran moving in. Uh, because once that battle's done, his spirit's going to be poured out. Now, you could, we could uh, make the theory that uh, God will wait a little bit to pour his spirit out once that battle's done. That's a possibility. We don't know for sure. But I do know that it's all closely tied together. That battle of Russia and Iran coming in and the final seven years are very closely linked and that means the rapture of the church has to take place before he pours his spirit out or simultaneously when he pours his spirit on the nation of Israel for that final seven years, because we're going to be having the seven year marriage supper of the lamb in heaven. Um, so I guess all that to say, there could be a time gap. If there is, I don't think it'll be very long. And we're really going to have to wait to find out because it's hard to nail down with absolutes scripturally what the timing of all that will be. Yeah. I think it would be interesting uh, when I think about that, Pastor Mark, that the rapture would happen uh, in conjunction with Ezekiel 38 and 39, because yeah. now not only do you have the unbelievable uh, destruction that's depicted in Ezekiel, but now you have the mass disappearance yeah. around the world, and that's nothing but chaos. Yeah. And so all the more reason that everyone is going to be looking globally, yeah. looking for someone to give them the answer, someone to provide stability, someone to save them yeah you're right greg and you know what that works right into look what's happening to america we have been the world's savior from the world's viewpoint yes but we're fading we we don't have any real leadership right now we don't have any real power and strength and let me just say this even if we get another president in in 24 that has more whatever um you know this kind of thing charisma power whatever we have so decimated our military we've so broken down our cities we so it would take so long to rebuild we're a very weak nation at this point yes and so america pretty much in some form and fashion we can see from scripture there is going to be neutralized because we don't make really can't do much of it either we don't do anything okay either we just don't or we can't when it comes to ezekiel 38 and 39 at the same time the christians are gone so the, so the, the the those that would be fighting it you know yeah. vocally or whatever yeah. at the same time radical islam is gone yes. and now we have this massive battle that takes place with all those that would stop the antichrist from moving forward out of the way Greg, i think he's going to easily and and with the world cheering 
step onto the scene and the world's going to yeah. bow down and say, we're going to follow you. We're looking yeah. for a leader. Yes. Go. Yeah. I we'll, believe that. We'll be there to help you just as soon as we recharge our car batteries. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if they don't explode and I, burn up. I knew you. Our car. And our, I said that for your benefit. I knew you'd appreciate yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is uh, pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. It's the smorgasbord of everything sad, really. In our country and around the world, but this time we come back to our country yeah. uh, with Fox News, and it says crisis in Kensington. Again, I said in the beginning of the show, it's not the palace, but it's a neighborhood in Philadelphia. Drug users flood the streets of this lawless Philadelphia neighborhood. Now, yeah. Kensington historically has been known for this, but clearly things have ratcheted up yeah. where now it's become a news story. Well, you know, when things go, when you let go and things go crazy, the good areas go bad and the bad areas get worse. worse. I yeah. mean, so this is, again, goes back to Second Timothy chapter 3, this whole last days just falling apart, which we're seeing happen not just in our nation, but around the world. Kensington, it says, has gained international infamy for its excessive public drug consumption. Notice public. The area has been a hotspot for um, um, xylazine, a veterinary tranquilizer known wow. as the zombie l- drug or trank, okay, was found with over over ninety percent of drug samples tested in Philadelphia in twenty twenty one. You're familiar no, with that? Well, I was. I'm familiar with the overall tenor of Kensington being described as a place of like the zombie apocalypse. Well, you know it's funny because they're saying these drugs are making them zombie like. Yes. that's what the effect it has on yes. them. Listen to what it says in Kensington's open air drug market. Users were passed out on the pavement, yes, covered with scabbing or oozing flesh wounds from the xylazine. Oh my word! With flesh, uh, fresh blood running down their arms from injecting themselves with needles. Some users were spotted wandering around in a stupor through a busy road. And and by the way, this brings a lot of these new drugs. Are these not necessarily new? But they're they're flesh eating. These are turning into flesh eating that are eating their flesh. It goes on, listen, this one drug user, Gene, told Fox News that he had just gotten out of the hospital after unknowingly taking xylazine. He had bandages on his legs covering multiple flesh-eating lesions. So there's the flesh-eating lesions from it. And, and they were covered in maggots, his sores. And they are so out of it that they, they're not even, I don't even know how aware they are of what's happening to their it's, own bodies. It's so sad. Oh. It really is. The gruesome wounds from Trank, it says can lead to serious infections, no kidding, including necrosis, and can sometimes require amputation, according to the Drug Enforcement Administration. The drug can send its users into a trance or leave them unconscious for extended time periods, Trank uh, users told Fox News. So, again, it says puts them, put them in a trance. I mean, they really are like these mindless zombies where their bodies being eaten, it's it's weird. It's it's not like the zombie movie where you have a dead person coming back to life and they're wandering around, you know, with their arm falling off and their jaw falling off like they do in the movies. But this but is Greg, pretty these close. These are real life people that are alive in this kind of numb zombie state. They're not necessarily attacking people like the zombies in the movies, but they themselves are just dissolving. Their bodies are being eaten. They're just it. It, it again. Look at what happens when a nation turns away from God. I keep going back to how blessed our nation was. And now we've turned away from God. These are the consequences of saying no to God. God doesn't even have to bring judgment. Don't right. get me wrong. God just has to say, if they say, God, we don't want you, and God backs away and withdraws and doesn't give help, right. then this is the result. You know, this might be a good time to really kind of hit a reset on some terminology that God's word gives us, because it really shows us at the end of the day, we're, we are dealing with a spiritual battle. And the spiritual battle plays itself out in physical ways, in very ugly ways. 
And the Bible talks about uh, the nations being deceived through pharmakia. Yeah. Uh, the word there um, is, it, it can go in a couple of different ways depending on where it's used. And I know that you're looking that up so we can talk about this. Uh, one of them is witchcraft. Yeah. And and don't think that there isn't spiritual demonic influence happening with this drug use because it is. Because this drug use uh, uh, is tearing down a veil that God has put up. Yeah. For a reason, because we are not equipped in these bodies to deal with the spirit world. Yeah. And now they're tearing down these curtains. They're being influenced spiritually. Um, and uh, there's another word that I'm thinking of. A pharmacia would be the other word that's tied to all of this. So it, it's all in the same family. Yeah. It is again. Well, it's, it's again. It means drugs. It's it's phar- yeah. pharmacia. Pharmacia is what we talk about. Sorcerers, but it's also tied again to uh, the the demonic realm. And again, it's in Revelation nine twenty one, also eighteen, uh, chapter eighteen of Revelation, where it talks about they're they're not only going to be doing Greg these sorceries, this uh, drug use that links to the demonic realm. Really, is the best way to describe it. They're not only going to be doing it. The Bible says they're going to refuse to repent. God's going to warn them. This is causing it. You need to turn. You need to repent. They're going to just shake their fist at God and say, no, we're going to do it anyway. And I find it interesting. In my mind, I've always kind of seen it as just those on the streets doing these drugs, which they are. They are. Yeah. But again, when you talk about pharmacy, you're talking about pharmaceuticals. That speaks of also, also of your established yes. pharmacies. Your established, Things that can be prescribed. And you look at our nation over the years, all the, the abuse of the um, hydrocodone and yes. all these things. I mean, there's such an abuse of the pharmaceuticals. It used to be morphine. Uh, yeah. And it's 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 definitely led by again. I'm not going to say that all medicine is bad. Let me no. just make this statement. We're not saying right. that there aren't some good medications out there. Certainly, antibiotics have been a gift of the Lord, and there's certain things. Painkillers, I love them when I'm having surgery, right? But there's such an abuse of them, Greg, and it's going to become more and more of a supported abuse by the government and individually in the streets. Look, these people that are there in the streets doing it, the government's buying them kits to help them do it, and that's that. That's the sinful mindset. It's it's rather than saying stop. Come out of that world. No, we're going to help you do it because you're going to do it anyway, end quote. And so, therefore, uh, we're going to help you not to get bad needles or whatever. No, all you're doing is perpetuating it and making it worse. Yeah, so you've removed laws yes. and replaced it with lawlessness. Absolutely. That's exactly what's happening. And when and when the legal system, when your own government, who's supposed to be upholding and enforcing laws for for the the better of society— uh, from a secular level, anyway, yeah. is is condoning this. I mean, outside of the Lord Jesus, what hope does a nation have? You're right, and that's the whole point. Without the Lord, this is what it comes back to. We can blame all kinds of things, and we can talk yep. about what, what the reason is, but the reality is it is because we as a nation have abandoned the Lord. And any people who look... Why is it we can look around the world, Greg, and see all these nations that have been godless for a long time living like this? They, they're, they're, their lives, you go there, there's their rampant poverty, uh, there's rampant disease, there's rampant drug abuse and all that. And you can say, yes, we're more fortunate, we need to help them. I get that. Yes, we need to help the poor, and we're called to do that as believers. But why do they find themselves in that condition? If you go and look at the nations that are that way, it's because they're rejecting the God of the Bible. And the nations that honor the God of the Bible historically have been the blessed nations. Israel, for example, uh, you know, uh, uh, example number one, whenever they're walking with God and, and, you know, serving God, they're unbelievably blessed. And then when they weren't, they were unbelievably cursed. America, we started out as a godly nation, honoring God, unbelievably blessed. Now we're unbelievably cursed. 
The only time that I've seen where a nation is not honoring God and they're receiving blessing is the last day's nation of Israel. Because God said, in the last days, I'm going to bring you back and bless you, regardless of how you're living, so that I can keep my promise to Abraham and then get you back in your land. And I'm going to pour my spirit out on you in the last days, which will happen around that Ezekiel 38 and 39 battle. And then I'm going to restore you. You're going to know your Messiah. And it's going to be a great thing. Besides that, throughout history, every nation that has done this, they dissolve. We can't just live how we want and think America is going to keep being great because we're not. Um, we have to turn back to God if we have any hope. And because we've turned away from God is why we've lost hope. Yeah. So I don't understand how people can believe in evolution because we're not evolving into anything better if you believe in it. Yeah. It's, well, it's really just getting no, worse. And Greg, if you look at Leviticus, for those who want something, to go read Leviticus 26. It talks about a nation that's mm. blessed and a nation that's cursed. And let me just say this whole thing with Darwinian evolution, it has created a mindset. You know, you're talking about things are getting worse. The reason we're seeing the, the, the elites, those in the higher positions that are basically not caring about those that are suffering, like what we see going on in Maui and the government not responding. They better, want all population things. reduction. Well, yes, that's true. But also remember, Darwin's whole push was survival of the fittest. Yes. If, 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 if we can be stronger, mankind in his flesh without God, if we can be stronger and take all the money and all the property and all the things that we can take over, then we're the winner. And it doesn't matter because you're weaker and there's no God monitoring that. Then that is what mankind will do. But when you know there's a God in heaven that holds every man accountable, and one day we're going to stand before him and give account of what we've done with the poor and our neighbor and everyone else, that's going to be a fearful day, Greg. I think about that day, and I'm so thankful for the blood because I have enough that I've mm-hmm. done wrong where I would be just terrified at what I would have to face with God. So I, I stand guilty first, but I, my guilt has been washed on the cross through the blood of Jesus Christ. But I think about those people on that day. We're going to be watching all this, Greg. We're going to be watching. Now, I don't know that we're going to be on every single individual that stands before the Lord. Remember, you've got eternity. And I don't know if we're going to stand and watch every individual before the Lord as they do that. I believe we will. But I think we're going to see everybody there before the Lord. And those people that are doing these things that haven't repented and let the blood of Christ cover them, it's going to be a fearful thing. And it's going to be just amazing to watch. I think about certain today, certain politicians and things they're doing. They're going to stand before the Lord. Think about the early church and them seeing Nero and all these these uh, emperors who did these horrible things to believers. They're going to stand before the Lord and give account. Nobody gets out of anything. Nobody gets by with anything. Everything's written down. Everything's recorded. Everything will be held accountable for. And we're going to be there watching it. And if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ, we would be held accountable. Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus Christ washing away our sins? And if you don't have your sins washed away, you need to turn to Jesus today because you, my friend, and all of us are going to stand before him and give account. And we better have our sins washed away or we're going to give our own payment for the sins rather than Jesus on the cross. Jesus said, don't fear those that can harm the flesh. But fear the one who can harm the flesh and the spirit. That's right. That's right. And cast your soul into hell. cast your soul into hell. That's exactly right. Exactly. All right. Speaking of fear, fear is near. Yes. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But according to Christian headlines, nearly two-thirds of Protestant pastors say fear is growing among their congregants. The Bible has an answer for that. Yes, yes, that's right. And that's our scripture, Second Timothy 1, 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I want to encourage you, even before I read the article, look, you as a believer should not be in fear. You should be rejoicing and excited, not because of all the disaster we see in the world, but because Jesus said all this disaster that you're now seeing in the world is going to happen right before I come back. So we should be getting excited saying, look, these are the signs the Lord's coming back. It's a reason to get excited. We don't have to be afraid. The worst thing the world can do to us is kill us and we win. We go to heaven. So don't fear God is going to be with you. And when you pass through that shadow of the valley of death, 
What did David say? I will not fear for your rod and your staff. They comfort me. The rod, again, and the staff, that is God's, God's uh, disciplinary and protection measure. He would protect his sheep and fight off the enemy. And he also used his staff to, to count the flock, you know, and to protect us. So we're counted and we're protected by his rod and his staff. We don't need to be afraid. But I, again, without knowing that and having that close relationship with the Lord, I can see how they would be. Again, the study found that 69% of Protestant pastors said they believe there's a growing sense of fear within their congregations about the future and the nation of the world. And it should be people getting excited. Some 63% of surveyed Protestant pastors reported that their churches also have, and I quote, a similar increasing dread specifically about the future of Christianity in the U.S. and around the world. One of the most terrible weapons that the devil uses against Christians, it goes on to say, hmm. is the weapon of fear, argued Oscar, uh, the president of the Affirmations, uh, Af- Affirmations and an evangelism network, evangelism network, I'm sorry, I'm reading it weird, uh, in the op-ed piece, the Christian Post published last year. And I, I end with a quote, he harps on circumstances and situations to create fear in the lives of Christians. It is natural for humans to respond to external stimuli through fear, which is why the devil capitalizes on this to make faulty evidences appear real. And what a great point he makes. Look, we are, yeah, we respond to fear because we have to. If we think we're going to die or get killed, our body kicks into gear to keep that from happening. But here's the deal. You don't need to be afraid. If you realize you're never going to die, and if you have the mindset, yeah, but I'll die down here. No, you're coming back for a thousand years. Listen, if when we die in these bodies, and all of us will, we don't really die. Our spirit lives on. We're going to go be with the Lord. It's going to be amazingly awesome. Then the Bible says when Jesus comes back to rule and reign, we're going to come back with him to this earth for a thousand years. You're not going to miss anything. As a matter of fact, you're going to do more than you've ever done. There won't be a part of the earth. The earth is going to be restored. There probably won't be a place you won't be able to visit, do whatever you want, be with family and friends forever. Now, the the sad part is if your family and friends don't make it to heaven. But for those who do, you're going to have an eternity. And all the things you think you might miss, it's going to be way better. This is a shadow, the Bible says, of the real thing. So it's hard for us to grasp, Greg, but it's going to be amazing. We should be getting excited, not fearful. You know, it's interesting, Pastor Mark, in that scripture verse, I think one of the most overlooked words in 2 Timothy 1.7 is the word us. Because Paul is, Paul is talking to the church there. Right. He's not speaking to the world. The world will have fear. That's right. Because they don't right. have God. They don't have Jesus That's Christ. Right. But it's a reminder to those that are buying into the fear that, no, yeah. no, no, that fear isn't from God. That's right. That fear is from the enemy. That's right. Here's what God has given us. Yeah. Power, love, and a sound mind. That's right. If you're not experiencing that, then this is a good time to do what the Bible says, work out your salvation. Yeah. Make sure that you know yeah. that you know that you know that's right. that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. That's right. That's right. And, and, and Greg, that's such a good point. I see so many people that don't know the Lord living in total paralyzing fear. Yes. They are paralyzed, and especially when they get in situations where they might die, whether there's a surgery or a heart problem or whatever, and they, they're, they're paralyzed with fear. Look, if we find out something, if you find out tomorrow you have cancer or you got some whatever, there's going to be a moment of fear. We're Absolutely. Humans. It's a yes. natural human response. Yes. But as we settle things and pray and God begins to work, then we let the grace of God come upon us. And we realize the worst case scenario turns into the best day of our life. The Bible says the day of our death is yeah. better than the day of our birth. Yeah. So we're talking about here just your conduct of living. If if you're If you're conducting your life as living in fear not having moments of fear, yeah. well, then that's when you got to take a look and see where's this fear coming from. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah, because again, it's not coming from God. It's either coming from us or coming from the enemy. Yeah. Now, I don't know if if this is happening. And again, when we look at prophecy in either direction, whether it's you know the things that we always talk about in the show, or or maybe the positive in terms of God pouring out His Spirit in the last days, right? Um, and I don't know if this is happening in other churches, but I've got to wonder if in our church, why we have seen such an embracing of evangelism yeah. in our church right. because of what you just shared. That, you know, as we get closer to the end, right. here are the things. And so instead of cowering in fear, we need to be about our father's business. We That's need to right. be fulfilling the calls that God has put on us as believers, and he's given us jobs to do in ministry and and not necessarily working in a church, but just in your life and ministering to others. And so when I see this uptick in this evangelism, which traditionally has been something that most people, you know, shy away from because they're fear of rejection or whatever the case may be, you're seeing this boldness of going out. So do you think that that's part of it? I do. I do. When you lose the fear of death, you get bolder about everything else. You know, that's absolutely a part of it. Another part of it is whenever you see somebody start driving the car, God fills it up with gas. I've never seen Mm. a believer step out and do something in faith where God hasn't then met them and given them power. I think a lot of times we mess up because we're waiting on the power to go do what we're supposed to do. God says, you know, and sometimes, look, I've seen God do that where God gives power and then sends you out, but sometimes... God waits on you going out before he gives you the power. And so to give you, you know, to go and do those things. But again, um, you know, it's, it, you know, if you think about it, Greg, there's, there's nothing in this world that's so great. I mean, what are you really going to miss? Now, unless you're a little kid or you're the peak of your youth and health or whatever, what about this body are you wanting to hang on to? You know, what about your, 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 your life and your job and your, your worries and all that? Now, again, I'm not promoting or in any way encouraging um, ending our lives early. You know, that kind of thing. Obviously not. That's sin before God. And God has a fullness of life for those who walk with him. But at the same time, when you understand the joy that awaits and that, man, we go to the kingdom, we have this great marriage supper of the lamb that's going to be unbelievable. We come back to the earth. He restores it. We're here for a thousand years watching him just do his thing. I mean, there's there's nothing to fear. We get we should be getting excited. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get excited with some good news yes, here. This, this is, is from good news. Christianheadlines.com. Harvest uh, Pumulani Church unharmed by the Maui wildfires by God's grace. Yes. A Hawaii based church uh, associated with Pastor Greg Laurie's Harvest Christian Fellowship Church remained undamaged from the deadly wildfires in Maui, Hawaii. Amazing. Yes. So far, the fires have destroyed more than 2000 structures and killed close to 100 people. Josh Morris, Executive Director of Strategy and Advancement at Harvest uh, Kulamani, a a Luhana-based congregation of about 1,000 attendees, told the Christian Post in an email that the fires have been completely devastating to several members of our congregation, uh, with several people who have lost their homes and many more have lost their jobs uh, and and their future in those those ways. They are uncertain on their jobs. But the wildfires have not impacted the, the, the church. It has impacted the people there, and they need our prayer. They need our love. But amazing, he said, the church has not been damaged by the fires. Uh, the main way they're asking for help, if you want to help them there, is to uh, through the Harvest Maui Relief Fund. The Howie, Howie, the Harvest Maui <laughs> Relief Fund. Now I can't even say it. Here's the bottom line. This is, Guys, look, if you want to help them, this relief fund is a great way to do it. 
It's going to not only help that congregation, but they're going to be able to distribute those needs. Another great way to help in the Maui disaster over there is Samaritan's Purse. Whenever you send to them, you know that the money and the support is going right into the people there and into the community. And so if you want to be a part, then I encourage you to do that. But be praying for the people Mm -hmm. of Maui. Uh, They certainly need our prayers and our help right now. And again, this horrible tragedy. Yeah. And also, too, uh, just as we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, just encourage you as you're listening and you're thinking about people that you know in your life that have fear, pray for them yes. and pray that they come to know the God who doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound. That's right. Amen. 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 Pastor Mark, thank you. And folks, thanks for listening. Don't forget the WayMedia.net, the Way Media app, all things Signs of the Times, including Come to the Table and our radio station, WIAM, and the ever-growing teaching library of Calvary Knoxville. We love you guys, and we'll see you back here next Friday at 1.30 for more Signs of the Times on WIAM.